0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hi, this is Dawn. Welcome to the latest episode of From Diles Square to Wear, the Arsenal Twitter podcast which, incidentally, contains adult content which is definitely not suitable for young children. Please like and subscribe and leave a five-star review. It really helps. Also, please be sure to visit the YouTube channel and subscribe to that. We have a brand new show, You Can Be The Star, the most interactive Arsenal show where the twist is the viewer who entertains us the most on the nights can join us live on the panel to air their opinions. We have great guests weekly. We've had Kevin Campbell, who was absolutely brilliant, that's still available to watch, and we also have more excellent guests lined up, which is very, very exciting. Thanks for listening.
0: Hello. And welcome to From Dial Square to where. Now look, people, okay? You all know what's going on, yeah? You've got busy lives. But let's get something straight. Subscribe. Start listening. Start liking. You know it's the right thing to do. You know, at the end of the day, when you look back on your week, have you done anything to be proud of? If you ask your parents right about now, they're going to say no. No, you haven't. But if you subscribe, if you like, if you start listening, if you click on the link and start enjoying and start contributing to From Dow Square to Where, they may think a little better of you. Because right about now, guys, okay, you're not, not in their good books. Like it, subscribe to it, enjoy it. Take care, all.
2: Welcome to From Dial Square to Where. the top one nice one sorted episode. <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing, Psycho Mank?
3: Not too bad, my mate, Andrew. Not too bad yourself.
2: Yeah, very good. I'm really sorry about what happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just to fill everyone in, I completely messed up. I didn't send uh, I had problems with my Wi-Fi. I thought I'd sent Psycho the link to join the link and it turns out I didn't. So I uh, left him waiting. So uh, I'm really sorry about that, mate. I'm glad to have you on today.
3: Very busy man, me, mate. Very busy man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Lafrican Guna, how are you doing?
4: Could be better. Um Was a bit excited hearing the stories that potentially Dracula might be out. But uh obviously our, our board is, is a bunch of cowards, so could be better. But I'm hoping tomorrow we have a performance from the Young Guns.
2: Yes, uh, we'll come on to that shortly. I'm not <laughs> sure about that, to be perfectly honest. And and Goonie, how are you doing? not too
5: bad, but um I've been waiting since Saturday for this announcement that hasn't come yet, so pretty disappointed still.
2: Well, I my phone battery's been been dead by about lunchtime every day this week because I'm just <laughs> yeah. checking it all the time in case you get any <laughs> notifications. So yeah, it's, it's not a nightmare. I know. Well, I don't know what they're doing. I really don't. Um I mean I'm sure this episode, as much as I'd like to keep it away from all that sort of stuff, is going to be dominated (laughs) by the managerial change, as always. So the latest, um, there's too many tweets to mention, but the latest one Mm -hmm. going around today, and it has been going around for a little while, his name, but um, it's just a wash with, I don't know where it's specifically come from, but Nuno being the one that everyone is talking about today. So, have a quick whiz round on, on this, um, just to get everyone's opinion uh, quickly on whether you'd be happy with Nuno. I did a quick poll uh, at lunchtime today, and it's just finished. And the majority of fans, although it's fairly fairly even, I think it's 59-41 in favour of uh, Nuno. What's your thoughts um, first? I'll go to you, uh, Psycho, first. What's your thoughts on Nuno, if, if he was to be announced?
3: Um, I'd I'd be really happy to be honest going off Mm. the names that have been mentioned that are actually realistic Um, I mentioned him on a podcast about a month ago saying I couldn't Mm. believe no one had mentioned his name Mm. Um, he's got all the right credentials I'm just not I'm just not sure how feasible it is that we could actually get him in Um, Mm. seems a pretty steady ship at Wolves they've got plenty of money he's well loved there so I'd I'd be very surprised if he jumped ship but I'd be delighted if he did delighted definitely Mm. Mm.
2: what about you Nitro
5: um, like I was saying earlier, uh, basically last week, if you'd asked me who I'd want for the Arsenal job, my first choice has been Allegri and my second choice was Enrique. If you asked me last week about Nuno, he wouldn't have come up with my thoughts. But again, we need a change. He's a good manager. He can play against a big team. And he knows how to set a team up and he's got Premier League experience. Um, I'd put him ahead of Arteta and Jungberg, to be fair. So out the three, if that was a choice, I'd take Nuno. Mm.
2: And you, African Nuno, how was
4: your thoughts? So, yeah, like Nitrum, I think I was more looking to Luis Enrique, but then he got grabbed back by Spain. I wanted Mourinho as well because I thought he was a serial winner. To be honest, his name doesn't kind of excite me, but at the same time, we need to consider that he's done really well with Wilkes. They're fifth in the league. Um, I think he is a type of coach that wouldn't take any nonsense. I definitely would take him over Arteta because I think Arteta is a risky move, and at this moment, we don't have the luxury to do a risky move and take someone with no managerial experience. So, I'm not overly excited over the moon, but I'd take him because I think he would do a good job and he could reunite the fan base and at least we could finish off the season potentially strong. Mm.
2: Well, I'd be happy as well. I think that um, they've got a, a an exciting, quick, dynamic way of playing. I mean, they smashed us last season. Um, after a slow start, they have been doing really well this season. My my first choice, though, hasn't changed from, well, a few weeks ago. My What I'd really like to see happen would be someone's come in for the rest of this season and next season and mm. bring Freddie on so yeah. that in a season and a half's time, we could look at appointing him then. And I think Benitez mm. would be perfect for that, so he could learn from Benitez. And he knows everything there is to know about um, the Premier League. He'd, he'd make a solid pretty much straight away overnight. He's not the most exciting manager in the world, no, but he's a successful manager. And um, he knows the Premier League, like I said, and uh, all the players in it. So, I mean, that's, that's my dream that, um. that that could happen. That um, Because we know it come out today or yesterday that Freddie's only got his A licence and he needs his pro licence. Um, so... Yeah. I think that'd be ideal, personally, and they they obviously think very very highly of Freddie. They really do want to keep him in the in the club, and he has openly said that he wants to be a number one. So if if we don't keep him interested, then someone else is going to get the benefit of him because I, I do believe that he's a really good coach.
5: Yeah, Andrew, what do? You, um, sorry to interrupt. What do you think about Arteta and Freddie as a number two? Do you think that could work?
2: I don't see what Arteta has got over Freddie. Apart mm-hmm. from working yeah. with Pep Guardiola, of course, yeah, who's, who's the best Who's the best manager in world football, along with Klopp, probably. Mm. I don't see what credentials he holds. Because mm. people, people literally, in the same sentence on Twitter, you say, absolutely no way with Freddie. We need more experience. And then on the other hand, they'll yeah. say, but I'll go, go, go for Arteta. I don't, yeah,
5: yeah, I don't exactly.
2: get it. Just because he's a yeah, best so- teacher doesn't make him the best coach. No, mm. not at all. I think and, I think with what
3: you've just said there as well is why why would Freddie go underneath Arteta? Why would he want it the well, other way around? Why, exactly. They're equals at this moment in time. It's true. So.
2: Well, mm, true. Uh, if you're going on their playing credentials and their experience as a, in their career as a whole, I mean Freddie pisses all over Arteta. Yeah,
5: yeah. and also didn't Freddie manage the is it under 23s? Yeah, so he's actually got that experience of a say a first team squad, whereas Arteta went straight from Arsenal to. Number two at Man mm. City, so if anything, Freddie's probably got
3: more experience when he it comes has. to coaching the team.
2: He has, yeah, he's mm. actually got <laughs> coaching experience. Yeah. And, and, yeah, at the club
3: and at the club as well. You know, so he already yeah, yeah, knows exactly. all the
2: backroom setup. So that's a huge advantage yeah. as well. Exactly, and we definitely want to get someone in who is going to make use of the young players. If if you're not going to go down the Freddie route. We definitely got to get someone in that's going to really coach them and encourage them because I'm, um, A, I'm worried about the players we've already got playing. They're, they're rapidly declining. Mm. And B, we don't want to waste this amazing crop that we've got coming through at the moment. It's the strongest we've had for a couple of decades um, of players coming through the academy. And if we don't um, really bring them on and nurture them, then we could lose those mm. as well in the same way that, you know, City are losing their best crop of players like Jaden Sancho etc so I really want to see those come through and at least get a chance to come through um so if we'd have gone for Mourinho for example that wouldn't have happened but absolutely no, no way no. he w- he wants to win now and he would just freeze them out yeah. um so yeah that's important to me and I don't know whether Nuno will do that hopefully he will um no. but that, that, that'd be my ideal situation and if as if we could actually get someone like Benitez and say, look, you have got this job for 18 months, but it is on the proviso that Freddie is your assistant and you're going to nurture him and bring him through to be our next long-term manager, I think that'd be great because I saw yeah. the under-23s a couple of times last season and the way that they play football is pr- pretty devastating, to be honest. It very it is, it it's very, n- very n- attractive. It's nice to see a team that
3: still plays the Arsenal way, mate. Yes, <laughs>
4: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And and, and and actually, guys, I was just gonna say, Rafa Benitez at the end of this weekend is gonna be free, so that's not a bad show because the is Chinese. That, is that, yeah, the is Chinese. That New... How it works?
3: Because that's yeah, what I was just gonna oh, ask okay. Andrew. I was just gonna say, is that how it works? That he's actually free to negotiate something outside of it or not?
2: He's not gonna last around. Someone's gonna snap him up immediately. Um, like, yeah.
3: The only problem.
5: So the only problem with Rafa is he's never broken a contract. I know it's China and it works differently, but that's the only. I think that's the only thing that could stop him. But again, he probably has a point to prove as coming back to the Premier League.
4: Well, sorry, go on. No, and I was just going to say I was just adding with a big team. I mean, he had Newcastle guys. Could we really? Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't really have a squad there. He didn't have the funds, which is why he left, right? And he managed Liverpool a long, long time ago. So yeah, in terms of redemption, this would be a perfect opportunity. For him to come to a potentially top four club and and show us what he can do, and especially knowing that he's a defensive coach, I honestly think we need someone like him or Simeone who's going to fix our defense because for the last five uh. to eight years, that's where we've been struggling. And I would rather be able to defend and then play beautiful football than than have someone who's just going to come in uh. and start uh, you know playing uh, Wenger ball like the you know the artistic uh, football.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think that, uh, well, it sounded almost like you said autistic football, and that's what we're playing at the moment, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> so, but I, I don't honestly think that um, Rafa Benitez is is a, is a solely defensive manager. He's, he's very, very good. His teams are very good solid. But mm-hmm. I think yeah. that he, he obviously had to play that way with Newcastle. Yeah, because he, he had a yeah, team no with championship players. I think, um, I
3: think it's um, a big, a big myth as well that people just seem to think because somebody's defensively sound, they don't play good football. You know, it's exactly. People's yeah, yeah. arguments yeah. against Allegri, people's arguments against Simeone, but I've, I've watched a lot of Juventus and Atletico Madrid, and I've never found them boring to watch.
5: No, not at all. And also, going with sorry, Andrew, and going with um, Mourinho. People have said that Mourinho's um, defensive. Before Man City, he had the highest goal tally at the end of the season, highest points tally. So he's, he wasn't defensive at all. It is a myth.
3: Yeah, they weren't um, defensive when they walloped us six-one or whatever it was when he was at yeah. Chelsea.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no,
3: exactly, exactly.
2: Well, yeah. people, people thought that way about George Graham, but in 1991 we were the highest scorers in the, the league that year, and we outsc- We actually won the league in '89 against the best Liverpool team probably there's ever been, mm. been in that period, and uh, we won it on goals yeah. scored. You know, because uh, we didn't we yeah. didn't yeah. have a goal difference. Can I? So I have only the you, thing Andrew? is, we didn't. Sorry. Mm.
3: Go yeah. ahead. I was just comments. going to ask you, obviously, because you're a bit of a Benitez fan. Do you not find find it very odd that Newcastle didn't give him any money and then they'd give Bruce money?
2: It's, it's very odd. It I, I, very I odd. couldn't get my head around
3: that at all, that he was begging for money all the time. They didn't uh, give it him, he left. And then they'd give it to Bruce, who, to well, me, isn't a terrible manager, but he's not the rapper Benitez. Not even close.
2: The same thing's going to happen to Pochettino now. Uh, well, yeah. Mourinho, uh, he's going to get a load of money in the summer. If not, if not January, and I, I don't think it will be January because um, Levy is not a big fan of January, as he, as, as he's shown over the last uh, God knows how many years. But um, you, you can bet your bottom dollar that it'll, they'll get a good squad rebuild in the summer. And that probably, I, I, a, yeah, you know. I think they might
3: do, but I think they'll have to get rid of some players. I, I don't but, see how they can they can just go out buying and not get rid of. You know, we've seen it firsthand when you build a new ground, the pressure it puts you under financially.
4: Mm, um, you know yeah. whether
3: you've got stingy owners or not um, you know Levy's not much better than what we've got when it comes to being very shrewd uh-huh. money wise um, and I think they've got to maybe look at uh, maybe what we might have to do with Bamiang, which is get rid of a big key focus point to then spread the wealth around the yeah. squad as a whole uh, yeah. maybe get rid of Kane you know they could get huge money for him um, and the
5: thing, is, the thing is with that, their wage budget isn't as high. So are they going to bring players in and put them above Harry Kane's wage bracket? Because if you're going to get big players, they're obviously going to demand big money. And you can't have someone come in, say, on 200 grand a week when you've got Harry Kane on like 120, 130 grand a week. They're gonna, It'll break their wage structure.
4: Uh, just in response to that, Sai, I, I did want to point out that we talk about selling Aubameyang for 70 million. But guys, world class players, that's how much they cost these days. So if we did sell Aubameyang, we'd replace him with, for example, Upa in defense, who would cost 60, 70 million and there's all that money spent and we'd have to inject more money into the club anyways well so, and how, how
2: would we replace those 30 goals a season guaranteed as yeah, well
4: that, that as well See, yeah. I, I'm not
3: sure we have to replace 30 goals a season in one month Spread it. I think we'd be much no. better off spreading it out between two windows who's doing that though who's doing that well that's that's the issue isn't it is who we're going to get to do that but well, I think, pleasure, I think, I think yeah. we could I think we could definitely um, I, I can't it, believe it,
2: it, we didn't get Ziyech uh, from Ajax that Hakeem Ziyech. That, that's a yeah. joke that's an absolute joke when he's available for about 35 million um, yeah. he he could be one that could get you probably a dozen
4: goals a season quite comfortably we could have had Mahrez it was the same thing Mahrez yeah. was
3: another one Mahrez exactly. was
4: thing. it's a cycle exactly
2: any pinchers just um, another quick one. Had a, we've had a question. So hi to everyone that's um, watching. We've got Tony Turner, Frank Gunner. And Tony Turner has asked us, um, who's the best caretaker until the end of the season? Well, Fred. Fred, Freddie can't do more than three months, apparently. Um,
3: um, Does anybody um, actually know the legalities of that, though? Whether you can... No. Because you know, no, it's no, football.
2: No. You tend to be able to get around these things that... Uh, you must be. And uh, what I was thinking is, then in, in that case, because we've also got um, obviously got the BFG um, no, with us. I don't want now, him
4: them. No no, 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 no. Listen,
2: that, that's, <laughs> I'm going back to what I'm going back to what uh, you just said, Psycho. In that, if he has got a pro license, that'll be a way around it as well. Mm. It's just, that it, I just I go back to when it was happened with Southgate.
3: And he managed to get round it. He didn't have the right license either when he was at uh, mm. at, at yeah, Burra, was I think it was. Yeah, he didn't yeah. have he didn't, he didn't have the, the right that. license and yeah. got away with it. So mm. you, you know, and what I think also like. money tends to talk. You know. Yeah, and I think also they this, can
5: sorry they can sorry mate, they can do their licenses while they're actually in the job as yeah. long as he's making effort to get that license, he's probably be yeah. okay.
2: If it if it could be gone, got round, then it's absolutely no brainer. I'd uh, I'd just stick him in charge. Yeah. To, you know, I to, tonight. totally
3: agree. Because uh, I, I think yeah, although so. we're all although we all want see, sort of seem to want different ideal managers, I think we could all agree on the fact that giving us another six or seven months to
2: identify the right guy is the right thing yeah. to do. Exactly, and I I would stick to that though. Uh, you know what what happened to Solskjaer, and he got the immediate lift. And I think that would happen with us. Straight away. Yeah, we'd get a bounce. But mm. I, would, I would 100% give it until the summer and not appoint Freddie, not appoint anyone else. And I would see, um, oh, you know, it could be a, a good long audition for Freddie as well because I wouldn't wash my hands of it straight away and think he's not going to be the man. Because what, well, what's yeah. to say he's not going to be the man? And you know, also, that. just quickly, um, people are also absolutely having orgasms over Nagelsmann. And I, I can understand right. he's doing he's doing a fantastic job, right? For me. He's, he's thir- 32 years old. Mm. He got given that opportunity in the Bundesliga without, you know, he started his first managerial job when he was 28, I believe. Oh. And someone was brave enough to give him that job. Now, why can't we be the, the brave ones and appoint someone up pretty.
4: Yeah, Andrew, I think it's because, again, it goes back to the luxury, right? It, we've been in such a decline for so many years that we're not patient anymore. For me, at least as a fan, right, I, I want instant success. That's why I want someone who's proven, like Mourinho or, you know, perhaps even Simeone or the, or Allegri. One's managers that have been proven in top leagues, in the Champions League, over and over, right? So for me, that, that, that'd be my my argument towards why we can't give someone like Freddie, even though I would like to give him a chance, if we have an opportunity to get Rafa Benitez or someone that can provide us instant success, I'm willing to go for it because I'm tired yeah. of waiting. Did, my Offering question, my answer
2: to that though, sorry, would be how do you know that, that we, we wouldn't get instant success under Freddie yeah, I think- unless yeah, you've him a chance.
4: Time. A better chance just on historic. Yeah,
2: like like, his uh, team like team. I, no. we appointed Emery on the back of his three Europa Leagues yeah. And what he did, yeah. that that's a successful manager that we appointed right there. It has to been a problem. Tough.
5: I think the problem with that's going to be, though, there's so much that needs fixing at the club. I mean, we've got the yeah. defence, we need a playing style, we've got philosophy. So I think, realistically, we're not going to have instant success. It's going to take at least a year for whoever it is, even mm-hmm. if it is a top manager, to come in sort out their squad of players. Because let's look at it, our, our defence isn't great. So we're going to need a few defenders. We're going to need some signings. We need a defensive midfielder. We need. I don't think the balance on the wings is right because, obviously, the banger man gets pushed out to the left. Um, you've got Martinelli, you've got Saka, but again, there's a lot of work there that needs to be done.
4: Absolutely, so I think this is. I, 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 I think that's a big part.
3: Sorry, Erfan, go for it,
4: mate. No, I was just gonna say, I want to rephrase because that's a good point. It's not instant success; it's in, yeah. instant change. We see instant change, like yeah. for example, Emery. We saw he was playing from the back, or he tried to, you know, push uh, push teams high up the field, and then he kind of gave up that uh, that tactical mouth. So I want a manager that's able to change something where we can see. Okay, we're trying something different. At the moment with Emery, we haven't seen anything.
2: No, exactly. Do you know what I mean? There's so much that we need to go into here. <laughs> on this, on on this. No, seriously. On this occasion, I mean, we're gonna just have to stick to this subject because there's a lot of what I really want to talk about and get your guys' thoughts on and, and everything as well. And we've got questions coming in. So on this occasion, and I asked you guys, obviously, to to bring your tweets to the table, which is uh, what this show is all about. But we're going to have to carry on uh, talking about this because it's another option because um, sacking the manager straight away without, obviously, having someone to go to. And it seems that this is the problem with the club. They're, they're panicking. I saw a tweet today saying that the board are worried about Sacking him because we've got games every three days coming up. I mean, I mean that. Don't get me started on that. That is just makes me furious. I mean, just yeah. it's like rip, it's like ripping off a, a plaster. Just get it done, uh, Andrew. Because... Imagine, imagine if there was a period in
3: football where players <laughs> go away and play internationally for a couple of oh, weeks. We right. could have never one of them, one of those would have been ideal. <laughs> we've just gone past. We've just gone well, past Spurs I
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, people, we, we're not going to grind to a halt. By sacking the manager, and right. do you know also what we got under our um, under our roof is Joe Montemoro, the Australian guy who's looking after the the ladies football team, who could set up our players to play in certain exactly areas of the same. pitch. Funnily enough, yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. worst that he's actually got them playing fantastic football, and his attitude. I don't know if you've heard any interviews with him. I mean, God, that guy is absolutely bang on. He's positive, yeah. Yeah, I mean. He's actually been schooled in the Arsenal way. And this leads me on to my next point, which I want to discuss with you guys. Edu has supposed to have been appointed to set up the way of playing, the Arsenal way. That's his <laughs> job, right? Uh, from the from the youth setup up all the way through the academy, all the te- teams are supposed to play in the same way. So there's no uh, difference from stepping up from one age group to another. And that covers the uh, the ladies as well. And it's a way that obviously Ars- uh, Barcelona and Ajax have been working for for countless years. So what's happening to this guy, Edu, whereby I think he must be mute because I never heard him speak for a start. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what's he actually doing sitting there watching the, the matches week after week after week when he's supposed to be implementing this style of play? So... Uh, surely he's actually watching these games and seeing what's happening on the pitch and thinking that is not the style of play we want as a club. Yeah. So, I don't understand what's going on in, in that point of view to be perfectly honest as well. I mean, what's your guy's take on what his role is supposed to be? Do you think I'm wrong? No. So, Andrew, but, for me, yeah, I think it's first. a myth.
4: It's a myth uh, because if he was in charge of the culture or the, the type of style that we're playing, he would be, have to be in the training ground, um, right? Implementing kind of this message to Emery and the coaching staff that this is the way that we want to play. I think that that is a myth and I think that it's all down to Emery in terms of how we play. And I think if you look at the women's team, if you look at our under 23s with uh, and uh, sorry, Per before it used to be Freddy, and you look at Emery, we, we play different styles of football throughout those three different groups. So for me, I haven't seen uh, Raul say anything apart from when we signed David Luiz and he was in that introduction video. Apart from that, really, I haven't seen him kind of leave a footprint on the co- club. And it is fair to say that it's been only a couple of months, guys. But I mean, still, right? Uh, he needs to be doing much more, in my opinion.
2: Mm. Uh, no, true. Okay. your thoughts? Oh, go on,
4: um,
5: I think the only thing I've seen him do is obviously probably help with the David Luiz transfer and help Mark, the Martinelli transfer but I haven't actually seen him do anything and that's the style of play, play sorry, um, we all the under-23s the women they all play differently it's probably a good job that um, it's probably yeah. a, a good job that the under-23s and the women don't play like the first team because it comes for me it comes down to coaching and that, sorry that lies with Emery and his team yeah the philosophy's exactly. not there the,
3: well, no that's the thing. I, think, I think with Edu, he's been brought in and he's maybe there to say, look, this is the ethos of Arsenal Football Club. This is what we expect. Now you go yeah. make it happen. Whereas, like you say, yeah, Montemoros yeah. making it happen. Mertesacker is making it happen. Emery is the guy who isn't making it happen. Uh, and he's trying, yeah. but it, it's just not working, is it? It's, it really isn't working.
2: No, I was really encouraged after the Sheffield United game when it came out that he'd been... He stayed behind him and was chatting to the fans for a good 15, 20 minutes. And I thought, that that sounds really good. Um, and they're not going to have held back, are they, after that game? That's the, the fans in the ground. So, no. the fact that well, it's that, been so quiet has just been really disappointing. Well, 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 that's that's it, Andrew. At the start of the season, you know,
3: you had Edu, Edu walking down the walkway to the Emirates. You had Raul stopping in his car, chatting to people. Where's that gone? You know, it's, know, it's easy to do it's easy to do when things are going well but yeah. I don't think fans really care when it's going well they care more to see your face when it's going badly because they want answers yeah. and mm-hmm. when they're all just hiding the way they are at the moment you know Josh came out and gave it his feel in the summer get excited where is he now why is it why is yeah. no one explaining themselves you know I get angry with you know people who have press passes I've said it ask them some proper questions mm Because all they do is they ask ask them fluffy questions so they get invited back again and they get a nice sandwich and a decent drink. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Rather than say, look, tell me why this is good enough. You know, to Unai himself. You keep saying we're going to improve and do this. Why hasn't it happened? You know, we're not picking up any points. Explain yourself.
2: That is exactly why I was so annoyed when the We Care Do You statement came out the other day. Uh, It was just passive. It was weak, in my opinion. And it should have been said, we, we need answers now. You know, we need action now to change this utter garbage performance we're watching week in, week out on the pitch. And it it was just far too weak. And we've been waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks for that. And that was a positive issue. But when it all started this week, you, when that first thing came out, and I, I did a podcast and said that's great but the whole point of this is that we need to continue it with regular dialogue and that, that group of people should have some representatives who have regular dialogue with the club Um get invited to you know uh, maybe quarterly meetings with with the fans for example to find out what's going on just to, just to keep in touch really so we've got a voice the fans have got a voice and when it actually uh, Got to about, I think it must have been maybe this season after the Watford game. It was obvious for all to see that we were we were just going absolutely nowhere. Uh, fairly soon after that match, we should have actually had something come out from the bank That group should have been contacting the club and saying, "Look, what the hell's going on? It, it's it was just left and left and left and left and left, and we're not good. We're not doing anything, and it just, just straight I, the hell
3: out of me." I, I agree with you, mate. I thought the exact same when I saw your tweet about it the other day, and I thought. It, all we're doing with that fan group thing is the exact same thing as the board, as the board which is just empty words. It's it's yeah. like now we you know we're obviously at a point where people have hit the wall with frustration. They don't know whether to wave white hankies, not turn up, turn up and walk out. So surely it should be these guys that are leading the way with that. That's saying, look, this is how we all come together. This is how we all make it. You know, make it known that we're not happy and they're not doing that. I can't be doing with it. I really can't. I find it really boring. Yeah, I don't I know. there's any point to it at all.
2: Well, I, I, I don't want to go. and I'm not after any, any kind of what it, what's it. But I started that process myself two weeks before it all came out. And I, I did a, a, the a petition a couple of weeks before all this stuff came out. And the fact that they just don't even respond to email, uh, not emails, but your tweets, direct tweets. Yeah, I've been contacted them a few times, get nothing. So uh, they're not a voice of the fans because they don't they haven't asked for oh. uh, they haven't taken any of my opinions into account. They haven't listened well, the,
3: to, to anyone else. They're a voice of the fans, Andrew, just the fans that they want to listen to.
2: Yeah. It, yeah. It's it, true. Just, it just pisses me off. It really does. And um you know, if you're gonna fast. do something, you've got to get it done and you've got to be firm. Because yeah. they're just they're just worried about upsetting people. Well, the club mm. at the moment, uh, with their re- representatives of Raul, um Edu all of them. They're disrespecting us massively. They don't, they're not worried about upsetting us, calling us a noise. So these statements that go out and, and they're, they're just tiptoeing around, they don't want to call for anyone's head or don't want to upset anyone. Well, that's just bullshit. You know, we've yeah. got to get answers. We've got to get answers now. And that's what, that's what really
4: annoys me about it anyway. I'm, perhaps they have the, the wrong leadership in that group, right? We, we don't really know who's in charge of it, kind of the individuals and things like that. And they probably get flooded with a lot of, uh, you know, petitions and things like that. So uh, I can see perhaps why they struggle, but that just, in my opinion, means that they don't have the right leadership, uh, yeah. I guess characteristics to push it forward and say you know what we're going to put out a statement because right now at the moment they're the ones who basically are representing the fans more than Arsenal fan TV right everyone knows about the statement so when it came out for the second time it it was able to grasp a lot of our attention so perhaps they need to come up with the third statement saying you know what Uh, on Saturday against Norwich or the next home game sorry this is what we need to do we need to walk out at this minute uh, we need to have these banners with these specific messages that are not rude or you know uh, condescending but are delivering the message that the fans really are feeling Uh respectful.
5: Yeah, I think the problem with that is our fan base at the moment, the only thing we're united with is that we want a change of manager. You've got so many sections of Arsenal fans. I mean, you've got the old school Arsenal fan from the Highbury days. You've got the 2000s Arsenal fans. You've got the, obviously, AFTV block. You've got Arsenal fans that literally just, like the other day, I was in the, it infuriates me so much. So you're watching the game 10 minutes into the second half and people come back to the seats. It's like, it's so split. And it's one of the only stadiums that I actually see it happen. Fans are coming back. It's like, it's just full of tourists. Like not in a bad way, but it's just yeah. it infuriates me so much.
4: Yeah. But but sorry, Nitron, don't you think somehow we can all come together because we we yeah, have Definitely me too. We want to change, right? So everyone yeah, should yeah, exactly. be with their differences aside because for yeah. the betterment of Arsenal and, and our passion and our love, which is Arsenal Football Club, we need to see yeah. change and it needs to happen now because this this yeah. is going way too far. And oh, that's the time. thing, we
5: need to come together as a collective. Sorry, go on, cycle.
3: Yeah, it's just there's a lot of um there's a lot of people that I, that I know personally that are sort of giving up the season ticket. You guys know or you don't know, but I've just stopped going because you know it's a, lot, a long journey for me. It's a fair few hundred quid every week. Um, yeah. So I've just put in my money where my mouth is, whereas I've got friends who have season tickets who aren't going, but are then still selling the tickets. So how, mm-hmm. how does that help? You know, If you're going to make a stand and say, I'm not going, leave your seat yeah. empty and, and swallow yeah. your loss for the week, put your yeah, You know, don't and put the the quid is, first.
5: Yeah, and towards the end of Wenger's reign, I think that's probably what actually made them pull the plug on him, the empty stadiums at the end of the day because we were honestly, upset for like two, three years towards the end of Wenger's reign but it was only when they started to see, oh, the empty Emirates and then the common state started talking about it, that's actually when the board actually thought, you know what, we have to make the change.
2: Yeah, I, I suggested on, on Twitter to, um, I was having a just a very short conversation with the with league judges earlier. It wasn't really a conversation, just a couple of uh, messages back and forth. But he said about the having to um, just really get to, he was getting very frustrated and just said about protests and, and stuff and about the white hankies. And I just said, well, tomorrow's match is absolutely perfect because we've got no uh, opposition fans there so it's only yeah. our fan voices that are going to be heard so it'd be absolutely perfect at that particular point to do like the protest to, to wave these um white hankies and to actually start chanting against the board yeah no uh, it don't don't do all the uh chant against emery what's that's pointless Pointless. It's no. absolutely pointless. It, it's no. not his fault anymore. He's drowning no. and he, he's going to be, you know, he's desperate for some help. I mean, you look at him, he's a broken man. And yeah, uh, yes.
3: he's
2: just out we're of doing, his
3: We're doing the same to him as we did to Wenger. We're just hanging him out there to just hang it's, himself. It's horrible. it's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, you know, real, Especially man. when we, we all see ourselves as a classy club. Uh, you know, and you can say the fans might not be acting too classy, but that's going off the back of the board, not acting particularly classy. Uh, you can't expect uh, the fans to keep swallowing it while what's going on, you know, at boardroom level. It's it's not
2: it's not on at all. No, so I feel sorry for the guy now. I really
4: do. Yeah, same. Yeah, just a quick question for me, for the panel. Uh, do we feel that it's perhaps AFTV's responsibility as uh, as a platform that's representing many Arsenal fans to kind of put out a video saying, you know, taking leadership and saying, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to walk out tomorrow against Frankfurt and... Uh, in the 20th minute and uh, whether you're an international fan whether you're a local fan or tourist whatever the case may be a lot of people watch Arsenal fan TV and I'm sure that it would be able to get that message across to a lot of people uh, and then perhaps just empty out the stadium because tomorrow there aren't any opposition fans so all, all over the world I mean for me for me in South Africa watching it on TV I'd be up to notice it as well right so it's not just a, a thing for the board it's a thing that is a, globally this is the message that we're sending it's, it'd be
2: perfect, and and it's it. Let's not forget, this is a, a Europa League match, and it's going to get a massive TV audience all around the world. Yeah. So, yeah, something has got to be uh, done. It's it's an absolutely perfect opportunity with no opposition fans to drown out our voices because we're, there's going to be hardly any Arsenal fans there either. And the fact that it's going to be a half empty stadium, if you know, if if that, I think um, Tony Turner. He's, he's put, we'd be lucky to have 20,000 fans uh, there tomorrow. I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So, it'd be absolutely perfect with a half-empty stadium, everyone joining in the same uh, message. And, yeah, I, I think it'd be perfect. I don't know, actually, whether anyone at AFTV... Because ha- I know it's a, a, a group of people that have come together to do this weekend. Video, would happen, you know, I, I don't know whether anyone's mean. involved in from AFTV
4: it would have to be Robbie leading it, right? Because he's uh, he, obviously it's, it, it's his channel, it's his platform, right? And if Robbie says something, he's pretty level-headed. So I think a lot of fans would respect respect what he says in terms of representing what the other fans want and follow through with it. Whereas if someone like, you know, for us, for us example, say it, you know, it's not going to get across the whole world.
3: Well, this is, I was just thinking something similar to Irfan a minute ago when you guys were talking about the We Care Do You stuff and and i think they've been a little bit snobbish towards af um i'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of AFTV, but i think they've missed a massive trip not involving them because whether yeah. you like it or not they do represent a large a large mm-hmm. mass of the fan base not one i want to be associated with but they do represent them you know you've got to let them have the voice as well um and i think the same as earth and i think they should have gone to them and said you guys have got the platform online to put a message out there to tell fans to come together um, you know whether you like them or not we can all agree on that we all want the same common goal uh, I
2: yeah. think a message right there. I, I, I'm 100%. Yeah. I think the trouble is they've been a victim of their own success in the fact that I think yeah. they've been tarred with the the, with the same brush all of them and mm. um, not all of the I mean I don't watch AFTV uh, it's just something I haven't done I've not got nothing against them and for some reason they, they've blocked me on all of their AFTV media <laughs> I don't know why but there you go <laughs> But I, I, I've actually got nothing against them, as such. Because yeah. I, I, don't, I, I uh, But the thing, stand a man in the comments. I wouldn't get behind anything spearheaded by that mob. I wouldn't react to anything yeah. by them be, out of spite because I'm not a fan. That's the I problem. Think, they've, that's, they've done that yeah. to them themselves in lots of ways, yeah. haven't yeah. they? I and think, I think that's the thing with FTV
3: is. Yeah. Go on, yeah.
5: Sorry, mate. Um, I think no, for is no. they've got the um right vessel and they've got the right following, but it's how they use it. And obviously, yeah. like you said, they've been tarnished with that negative brush. Because they've already got that now, the media, everybody just, it kind of ignores them, doesn't want anything to do with them. Whereas if they turned it on its head and made it a positive thing, so look, the fans are coming together, we're not going to be abusive because they're just seen as an angry mob. Um, mm. But I think if they were to use it in a positive way, like I say, they've got the numbers and they've probably got the biggest numbers out of all the Arsenal following um, okay. to actually make a positive. Stunts and just say, Look, guys, we've got a European League game on Thursday. We're going to walk out on the 49th minute. Obviously, 49. <laughs> but um, yeah, in mm. some minute, and just walk out and say, Right, this is what we're going to do. Don't be abusive. Just like when Liverpool, I think Liverpool did it a few years ago when their season tickets were, um, I think they were looking to increase the prices, and Liverpool yeah. did a walkout, and that had an effect. The, band, the board actually, after that, frozen the ticket prices. So I yeah. think it could be used in a positive way.
2: I think that uh, they, uh, they could do with a big rebrand, really, because mm. the problem is with that with, with them as well, it, it's not just tarnished themselves, they've tarnished all of us. And yeah. I, I was listening to, oh, I not which one it was, I listened to that many podcasts, but there's one this morning. And just one comment really got my goat. It said Arsenal fans are well known for being um, Mo... Was it moy their word, that they used? Self entitled, Um, no, whiny or something like that, and it really pissed me off because we're probably one of the most (laughs) um, patient, (laughs) that's it. Yes, Uh, thank you. Patient playing groups, there are, yeah, Uh, Yeah, it's it's true. true. This is the thing
3: uh, people only only look at the end of what happened with Venger, but that was six years of that where we we just sat and took it for at least four or five years before it got to a point where people went, I just can't handle this anymore. Mm. Do you know what, you know, going.
2: It's, it's not. It's not. Sorry to cut in. I, it's not even Wenger that was the cause of all this. Right. It, it's moving. Being told before we, we left the Highbury that we're moving into the Emirates because we're going to be competing with the best. We're going to get the best players. We've got much more money, and we were lied to from what? What was that? 20, 2002, maybe. About,
5: yeah.
2: About four <laughs> years before we moved into the Emirates. Right. That's the cause of it, and it, Wenger. Like it or not What anyone thinks of him Like it or not Wenger was a victim of that As well he Because was. all of our anger less, It went on to him And I yeah. I, I swear I swear I don't give what anyone says uh, And I We'll probably find out Hopefully we'll find out When this book comes out That he shielded And took a lot of, a lot of the blame On behalf of the club yeah. And he because just because it.
3: he loved the club because he loved he, the club exactly. people can say yeah. he stayed from he stayed for money but i, I i've nah. been thinking a bit reminiscent recently about benger and how we treated him um and, and it's it has made me think and look back at it and think did he deserve as much abuse as we, we sort of gave him um it, it's a tricky one to weigh up you know uh, one of my mates said to me uh what do you, do you think it would have got to the state it would have done if they would have backed Wenger from the minute they came in? If they would have said, look, Arson, every window you're going to get 100 million. I don't uh, think it had ever have got to this point. No. But because they didn't back him and they just left him out there to dry. You know, is the same. He just hung him out there. Let Arsene keep taking it because he will keep taking it because he loves the club. And that's what they do to the fans as well. Yeah. They know we, we the they is, know we love the club. They know we won't turn yeah. our backs and they abuse and it. And the thing we is... Shouldn't. Uh,
5: and the thing is with that, do you remember, he had to keep selling our top stars just to make money to try and improve the squad. So he'd able to, like, mm. sort of Fabregas, he would be like the Fabregas, the Ashley Cole, the Van Persie.
4: To he had to lie to, us. He to he, he used, I know he used to do that, but he used to lie to us about Van Persie. About Fabregas, and he didn't have to do that. So I agree with you, Sai, and I agree with you, Nitrum. Like, he loves the club, but at some point, you got to respect yourself and come out to the fans. If you really love us, tell us what was happening. We wouldn't be en- as angry as we were at, at Wenger if he told the truth, saying, it, you know, I'm protecting the board and this and that, right? Exactly. Well, exactly. Well, that, that's, that's what I said earlier. Oh. Sorry, too. That's what I said earlier.
2: Uh, I honestly, uh, do you honestly think that he would have? not wanted to spend the money that he received. Yeah. Do you think it would have got to the stage where Van Persie would have wanted to leave if he exactly. could have kept the, the squad refreshed and, and and you know, with new players? It well, wouldn't have got to that stage at all. Not one of those players would have wanted to leave Arsenal if we were moving in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Not I one.
3: I what Irfan just said there as well. I think the other side to that, which is it's a little bit more complicated that way, which, which is Arsenal loved the club, and I think he knew what was coming when he left, which was that it might end up a bit of a royal mess. So, could he really come out and say something, bad-mouthing the board, letting the fans oh, know on. that it was them? Because then they'd have just got rid of him. Exactly. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's not, that cu- it's not that cut and dry for no. me, I don't think. It's yeah, we
4: can't.
3: He was trying to juggle both. He was trying to sort of yeah. keep us sort of happy and keep the board happy. And yeah, it, right. it, yeah, it doesn't work, but... Mm, I can't think do now he, he was actually doing us quite a good service. Um, mm. You know, although the football went out the window, that's a separate issue. But trying to take care of the club, I think he was actually trying to do that.
5: Yeah, he did care. He did. Because the thing is as well, he had offers from Real Madrid, he had offers from France. So he could have just turned around and said, you know what, enough is enough. But like you've said this, psycho, he was trying to protect himself and Arsenal and the board. So he was kind of in the middle. And also he has to protect the players. Do you know what I mean? If he turns around and says, "Oh yeah, he's leaving," the players will get the backlash. Then Arsenal will get the backlash. Then the board will get the backlash. But obviously, if he says, if he just keeps it passive, then you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. To be fair, no. Well,
3: that really, was no. that was one of his biggest problems with Arsenal was he had everybody's back, and yeah. who actually had his? The fans no turned one. on him. The no. players weren't backing him. That's the board weren't backing him. I, I, I feel sorry for the guy. I feel absolutely sorry for
2: spot him. On. And I, I did. I mean, I still do. And. Um, you see him, it, it, when he left, I can't remember, there was a comment where, um, that he he basically had his heart broken, he left his heart in in the, in the club or something like that, worse yeah. to that effect, and uh, I could see it, he was a broken man when he walked out of that club, and yeah, it was. I felt really, really sorry for him, and that is a spot on That what you just said there, about um, no one having his back, you know this uh, all of them were quite happy for him to take all of the flat. And uh, Tony Turner said, Wenger um, said he couldn't tell the truth a couple of times, you know, to us, the fans. Said he couldn't, he couldn't tell us the truth." Uh, and I just really hope that in this book that we get to to learn some of the truths. But I, I still don't think we will. I still think he'll protect the club. He, he will he'll
3: protect the club's name. He will.
2: He will. Yeah. It's a class guy. He's too much of a yeah, a
3: gentleman. I mean, a class. I mean, look at what he's done since he left. What did he say? Will Will you be at the Emirates?
2: No, because I'll no, respect the can't. next man that comes in. Yeah. Mm. It hurt
5: him too much, I think, as well.
2: Yeah, I, I honestly think so. And he didn't bring Fabricas back to the club after he, had, he uh, sold him reluctantly, sold him because uh, Fabregas broke his heart as well. He yeah. saw him like a son. He treated him like a son and he felt like he had his heart broken It's just yeah he's just a a, a class guy isn't he he's class Mm -hmm. and one day I would absolutely love to to see him back at the stadium and I'd love us to be perfectly honest I'd love to get a uh, statue of him outside the ground yeah he deserves one definitely I really think there should be a you know a
3: or well, even a, a stand yeah, up yeah, name a name a stand after him. The, yeah, a statue. A, yeah. a statue is not enough, yeah. in my opinion. It's there should not... be. There should I'd be get... a
2: campaign. You know, I'm quite. I've been thinking about it for ages to see if I could get up. Yeah, start a campaign to get something for him like that. Yeah, yeah well, I
5: think it'd be. I think a stand will be just right for him. Ch- change it to the Vanguard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. Now, Tony, you've um. This the obviously the old whole premise of this show as well is that. You, um, the most interactive and uh, sort of entertaining person sending the most questions in on the night is welcome to join the show on the at uh, the last uh, last part of the show. If you'd like to come on, please can you put a note comment on and I'll send you the link and you'll be more than welcome to join us and uh, give us your opinions, mate, on the show. Can I can I just have one one more thing, guys?
3: Um, going on the Arsenal fan TV thing, back going back to that a minute.
4: I also have
3: I, I, think, I, th- I think the problem they had is that it took off because of sensationalism. It wasn't because of fans with knowledge talking after games, it was because of streaming and shouting and yeah. other fan bases. You know, I don't know many Arsenal fans that watch it. It tends to be Man United mates, City mates that go, yeah. oh, Arsenal Not have it. got beat, no, can't wait right. to get in and watch this. Yeah, and like you said, um, Andrew, I think what they should have done, what Robbie should have done at a point was gone, right, we've hit a certain level, now we make this a serious channel. And mm. I think the greed got the better of him and he went, nah, I'll just keep sticking with the making the money and yeah. it being sensationalist. And he shouldn't have done. It. You know, well, I, the thing I, is- I think any proper fans, I, I don't want to say proper fans because that's rude. We're all fans, but, you know, your Lee Judges, your Grahams, you know, your people like that, that Curtis, um, you know, guys like that that just talk sense about the club. Yeah. They're trying to turn that platform into yeah. a proper one that's not just shouting and ranting.
2: Yeah.
5: Mm. They've missed the truth. I think what, I think what happened was they followed the likes and they followed the oh this is entertaining and oh look at this one shouting like you say Psycho um, it just became oh this guy's having a meltdown let's watch Arsenal fan TV now to see who's having a meltdown I like, get messages in my WhatsApp groups from my mates and they're like oh I won't watch Arsenal fan TV tonight because Arsenal lost it's going to be well entertaining
2: mm. uh, I, I think I'm it, working it, with a Leic- uh, Leicester fan at the moment uh, t- and he watches it as well he said he loves, he loves watching it after we've lost the game whatever, he, they'll just just flick, flick on there and just see us ranting, yeah. he says. And it, uh, that's the problem, and that's what pissed me off when I was listening to... It, uh, it was a BBC or something like that. Um, it might have been the Football Daily or something where they that really pissed me off. And he said Arsenal fans just, just like wind you or whatever. Because, I, like I said, we are extremely patient as a fan base and give people more time than they deserve a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, that, that just annoyed me. Well, let's move on from that particular situation and go back to the managerial situation. So like I said, I, it's moved on from Emery needing to go, blah, blah, blah. But um, I, I'm in the middle of recording my sort of regular podcast at the moment. And I just wanted to say as well, people have been saying quite a lot about what is Emery's style of play? What's, what's his style? And I think it's quite obvious. It's, he gave us the, the clue right at the beginning when he joined about when he said about we're going to be a chameleon team. And obviously uh, that relates to the fact that everywhere a chameleon goes to meet the background. And he, that's exactly what Emery does with the team. Yep. He sets us up so that we change every week. A, because he wants us he doesn't want the um, opposition managers to be able to guess what lineup and what formation we're gonna play from one week to the next. So it's pointless scouting us from one week to another. And B he only sets up to counteract the opposition strengths. Um, so it doesn't work our strengths, but he also doesn't look at the opp- opposition's weaknesses, and that's the big problem right there. You know, he sets up to stop the opposition playing, and that's it. So that's that is his style. We will never see anything different because, and that's the reason why he changes the lineup and changes the formation on a weekly basis. And you can actually go back and check with previous clubs that he's worked for, and it's all always the same thing. And I've said this a couple of times, and apologies for repeating myself on the podcast, but it's. What what, the situation is with him is that you can actually get the truth from the fans. And I'm not going to go back to the AFTV thing here. but, But when you actually want to find out about players and managers, just check the fan groups and they will tell you the truth. Not the media in that country or, you know, people he's worked with on a professional level because they will just back him up. But if you listen to the fans' voices, they will tell you the truth. And it's always been the same with Emery. And I responded to a tweet today saying how long long was it into his reign that he realised he was the wrong man for Arsenal. And I honestly put as a response that it was a week because it took me a week to properly just check into this guy. I didn't know anything about him, I'll be honest, when we appointed him. I heard his name, but I didn't know much about him. So when I actually looked into his background, I looked into what the fans were saying about him, and it was a common thread all the way through. And that worried me right from the start. And not one thing that I found out in that early stage has um, not turned out to be fact. Andrew,
3: did you mm. ever see the tweet from that guy who tweeted yeah. about him before he joined? And it was a long thread yeah, about, yeah. this is what you'll get from Unai Emera. Yeah, I have never sorry. seen anything more on the head than that, yeah, than that thread. Exactly what we've got. Exactly what we've got. Genuinely,
2: genuinely, genuinely not sort of trying. Oh, I could have. I could have written that myself. I I wish I had (laughs) because they. David Cartledge. I think it was, wasn't it? I swear on my life, I could. I could have written pretty much the same thing, and it's it's all. Uh, and that tells you everything you need to know about the guy. Yeah. So I think
5: the worrying thing, gents, is... We'll say, I'm sorry, going back to setting up a team. You look at most teams, it's not even... Because the first one I noticed, I was like, why is he setting up not to get beaten? It's like, why is he setting up to carry out a team? But if you look at a team, say so you look at City, you look at Liverpool, you look at Chelsea, you look at teams like Wolves and Liverpool, they have a set formation and they put their best players in that formation and then they have a plan B now one mm-hmm. of the things we used to say about Wengel was he has no plan B he was stubborn and persistent with the same formation he, he wouldn't adapt whereas Emery's the complete opposite he's adapting too much he's like right we're playing Liverpool this week let's count he played a diamond at Liverpool the t- the, one of the teams in the league that have the best um, left and right back the best um, Salah and um, Mane and he played a diamond so he literally played into their hands
2: I know well this is, the, this is what the issue was coming on to because they obviously, they took quite a while to, to make the Emery appointment and they chose this guy and I found out about that guy, about Emery, after a, a week of doing my own investigative work and so did that David Cartlidge, obviously. So I, <laughs> this leads me on to my problem. I've got no, no confidence whatsoever that that team of people, and I know that Gazidis is out of the question now, but Raul was there, and apparently Raul really pushed for Unai Emery. What does that say about this next guy who we're going to have to get in? You know, well, I've uh, I've
3: just said this today is I think we're going to find out massively about this board of who they appoint next. I think we're really going to find out whether they actually care or not.
2: I hmm. don't trust them at all now. And, and well, I, but, it, I, but, I mean, but that's
3: the thing, That's the thing, Andrew. If they go and get us an absolute duffer that we all can see pretty much from the start, then then we all need to come together on that front and do something about it. Because there's no yeah. good hounding another manager out. It's, we can't keep going like that. No. I, it's not I, what the it's, manager's fault, no. Do you No. Know,
2: do you know what? People say that um, we need to go out and splash out, well, I don't know, however much it's going to take to go and get someone like upper Meccano or you name it, you know, one of these um, top-class centre-backs. And I would rather, and I totally agree with what Stan, you just said, Stan, Raoul needs to look under the sofa for as much change as he can and then give it all to Brendan Rodgers. I'd rather go out and spend however much it took to prize Brendan Rodgers or someone like that out of their club and just just be decisive. Like those locked down the road did, unfortunately. They just... Mourinho has got it in his contract, by all accounts, you've probably all heard this as well, that he's got to be, at all times, on 88 grand a week, more than the highest paid player at Spurs. (laughs) And I don't don't doubt that for one second. And he's already on about 15 million a year, or something like that. So rather than spend... At at this stage of our evolution, I'd rather spend a big portion of that money we were going to have to spend on, our, on out on a centre-back and go and get someone like Brendan Rodgers. Well, Andrew, we're we, are we, are we
3: not learning that lesson now. It doesn't matter how good a players you've got. If you've got the wrong guy in charge, you can have four Van Dykes in your yeah. defence. You're still going to be yeah, crap. Well, we're learning 100%. that right
2: now. We're learning that right now. 100%. And our guys, our squad, I I will still maintain that our squad is strong. But it's getting weaker yeah. by the day because of their their mentality and the way that they're they're being coached. It's not they're not being coached properly, hundred percent. I think
5: I think 100%. the one example of sorry, I think the one example of that is you look at Nicolas Pepe. We don't play to his strengths. Now people are saying, oh, he's rubbish. he's this? Is that? If you actually watch Nicolas Pepe, he wants the ball in front of him. That's how he plays. We're playing the ball to his feet. Um, again, you look at Abamayo. Look at like I said, they're twenty goal plus strikers. When was the last time a scored a goal? Do you know what I mean? It's he's
2: like, got one in eight. He's got one in eight now.
5: But yeah, there you go. He says it all. The way, the way he's set up the team, there's no transition in the midfield.
2: Well, that, that's what I mean. This guy that we get in now is far more important than any players that we're going to go after in the January window or next yeah. summer. Because it's a long-term benefit of the squad and the way that we play football. And we've got an awful lot of players that the Vultures are circling straight away. We've got Martinelli, who I think is the most valuable player in the squad because his his ceiling is so high. And along with Buendouzi and a few others that we can name, they are the jewels in our crown. And we've got to look after them so so strongly. And someone said... um, on a, on a podcast I a couple of weeks ago well Martinelli you know we'll, we'll be looking to sell him or we'll be able to get 80 million for him in a couple of years time from Real Madrid or bars and that's said, no I don't keep that's him. the whole problem I want to keep the guy I want yeah, him, I want him to take us to the next level with yeah. him because I'll tell you what in a couple of years time he could be one of the best players in the world at his age group mm-hmm. like, Mbappe is only 20 or 21 and he's got the same sort of potential I think under the right coach if he yeah. gets the right guidance and the right coaching so this coach is so so bloody important to the club much more important than going to buy Upamecano or some other
5: and the show. thing is as well certain to Andrew if you look at speaking on coaching look at Leicester City under Claude Poyol and look at Leicester City right. under it's, Brendan Rogers.
2: exactly and, uh, and one can tell me Do you, when, when we played Leicester Everyone was going on about how, what Arsenal players would get into the Leicester squad now. Mm. And I, tu- I turn that on his head and say, well, what do you, do you think that none of this Arsenal squad now will get into the Leicester squad when, when you look back at last Christmas time and when yeah, exactly. they were under Claude Powell? They were mm, dog shit, exactly. that team. Mm. But they've got the same bunch of players. So it, it annoys me when people say our players aren't good enough to get into the top four or. They don't want us to qualify for the Champions League because we're shit.
1: Mm.
2: Well, I'm sorry, but I don't agree because Spurs got to the final last year. And I'm not saying so, yeah. under a great coach, there's no way that our players couldn't do a tune on the pitch that could take us the same length as as someone like Spurs. So I don't accept any of that argument. So that's why I think this, this important it's so important, this to get the right guy. And I, I agree with you know, if, if Brendan Rodgers is the right person, I'm not saying that he is, but I, I probably think that he could be quite easily. Then I'd, I'd rather spend the money that we've got and go and get someone like that rather than just worrying about what players are going to bring in. Because that can be done further down the line. Well, this um, is it, Andrew. I,
3: ke- I keep using Sheffield United as a prime example. Oh, I
2: do. Tell, yeah, tell, I, I, tell me, t- I keep saying
3: to people, tell me one player in their first 11 that would get in ours. There isn't. Well, tell they've me just got in their the one 11. important position. <laughs> yeah, they've got one. have got one player, person in an important position that's better than ours, and that's coach.
2: One hundred percent. I've been banging his drum for, for weeks, and I, uh, I mean, after well, the was... after the Europa League final, I, I phoned in and on the Chronicles of Aguna show, and I said, and I put it out as a podcast about uh, a few weeks ago. I put it out I said I talked about Chris Wilder in that show. I, I've loved that guy. And it's, it's,
3: his record is exemplary. It's oh my
2: exemplary. God. Yeah, I, um, we need a quality coach. And people say, "Well, he's too big for him, too big a job for him." What's well, a bullshit? if players start moaning, saying, "Who were you? Who were you? What credentials do you got, mate?" I'll, I'll get those players out of the club rather than yeah, the, yeah. The so I
3: totally agree with you. Yeah. At the end of the I day, know. how does how does anybody get a, a promotion at a company? You don't, you don't get it through already approving yourself at that level they give you the promotion so you can prove yourself at that level yeah, it doesn't make sense but it's it like 100%. you know you've just mentioned Tony there and he said something to me um, you know he's a good friend of mine on Twitter um, and he mentioned something to me the other day about players uh, the players getting away with it a little bit and I said no I, I think they are getting a decent amount of flat from the fans but you've got to give them some leeway because name me another side that is changing the formation every week the lineup every week and I, you know, watching, I had the United make round at weekend watching their game against Sheffield United. And and I said, look at the Sheffield United players. They don't look up. That's not a Quality. criticism. That, that That's a compliment because they don't yeah. need to because they know the system. Exactly. Our guys, that's why they turn round and they're like a canal barge turning and the, and the playing passes here, there and everywhere because there's no identity to the, to the play. They can't just go, if I feed this between the wing-back and the centre-back, they'll be, you know... X Ex, player bombing onto it. They can't guarantee yeah. that, so
2: it's just why there's no style to our play at all. Hundred percent, hundred percent agree. And I, I would much rather have a team of players like that than the ones that we've got. If they're going to be pre dollars and say, "I ain't playing for this coach," well, just fuck yeah. off, then, mate. Because I don't want you. Yeah, that's in true.
5: Club.
2: You play for the, that. well,
5: don't play for the coach. Pay for the badge. It's as
2: I, simple d- as that. Do you know? Do you know what? I mean, it's, it's still obviously a big. Um, you have to brave appointment, but I, 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 genuinely think that, and I don't know where one hundred percent has come from. Like I said, I've only watched them a handful of times, but I think that our players would do that for Freddie as well. And oh, you know what? Also, got... and I, I've quite a few people have have made the the point about Vieira as well. And he's he, he's not having the best of seasons this year. He got Nice to finish seventh last season, I believe. It, it, I think they're struggling around fourteenth, fifteenth last time I looked, but. I would absolutely love Vieira to be the guy, but we don't. We won't know because the, certain players, certain managers fit certain clubs, and maybe it just it's not the right fit there. Maybe he will fit in here, but what I want is is a, is a guy to have us plan a firm way of playing football, um, organisation, and I want that guy to have the buy in of all the players on the pitch, and I do think that someone like. We, if we're not going to change any of our players and we've got to work with what we've got, I can't, I still can't get my head past the fact that uh, we could have that person right under our noses in, in Freddie Jungberg. And um, with, with his contact book of people that he's been with in the past and played with and managed with Arsene Wenger, he's only a phone call away to get all the help and guidance he could he could possibly want. You know, well, he, he he could quite easily get Vieira in to work alongside him. He could quite easily get any of the the invincible players. You know, Sol Campbell, for example. Do not think he would sort out our defence? Do you look at the job he did at Macclesfield last year? Does that not matter? Because it's uh, Macclesfield. Have we got? Have we? Are we such snobs that we can't recognise the work that some people do? at clubs like Macclesfield, or like with uh, Chris Wilder, what he did at Halifax and Northampton and Oxford. Are we that snobbish?
4: I just wanted to mention something uh, to the panel. Um, Nuno Santo was just asked if he's in line to be the next Arsenal manager, and his response was, I'm not going to talk about that. So... Not too sure what's going well, on, but well, so uh, that's
3: very similar to what I've just said about Wenger. Is he doesn't want to disrespect yeah, us, can't. and he can't
4: disrespect the club. Yeah. that? He, he, mm. he, you know, it's
3: like it's like when some people have said it, when the board have spoken, and they've said they've backed the manager. Well, what else do you want them to do?
4: I mean, not going to keep. they no But yeah, he's kind of left it on on edge, which is interesting for me
3: and we all like being flirted with don't we at the end of the day um, yeah
4: sure <laughs> well exactly yeah exactly
2: oh, yeah. But, uh, do you imagine though do you imagine though being the being the you know, or any any manager in a club like Arsenal's being touted and you know being after you must feel yeah. like the bollocks you must seriously feel like the bollocks walking around well, in I, you. I,
3: Andrew it's going back to the, the Brendan Rodgers thing I've worked with him um, and he is a very egotistical man he loves himself yeah, he had a portrait in his kitchen that was about yeah. four foot by six foot of himself. <laughs>
4: mm. oh, uh, no, yeah. and, I,
3: and I said, if, if you asked him who's the best manager in the world, he'll tell you himself. Um, yeah. And somebody said yeah. to me, there's no way he'd leave Leicester. Um, but I said to them, if if you actually knew the bloke or a little bit, I'm not saying I'm his best mate, but I had a fair few chats with him about his future um, when he was at Celtic. Uh, and I got the feeling then at the time he was talking in, in a way that I've pretty much done all I can do here. Uh, and I raised it with Leicester, is that Leicester have won the Premier League, they've played in the Champions League, so what can he actually do now is retain the Premier League or win it again or win the Champions League. That's not very realistic with Leicester, not being disrespectful, but at Arsenal, he would look at that and go, would I want to bring Arsenal a first league title in 15 years? Would I want to get them back in the Champions League and compete for it? That that would give him a on big time, I'm telling you.
2: That's Definitely. what I said. Yeah, I, I said that I, I tweeted that out not too long ago. I said the only way we're gonna get him out of there is not with all the money in the world, it's with his ego and the fact that he would could he could think to himself, I could be the one to bring the good times back to Arsenal after all these years. I could be the one to succeed a great manager like Arsene Wenger. And I that's the way I said it. I said it, that's the only thing is to play on his ego. And by and by the way, next time you're going to do a name drop like that, it's so deafening. Can you just give us a notice, and you can put yourself on mute? <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to tell you have to tell me the story offline about well how how he <laughs> came to, to, to work with him. But um, I, I I I mean I'd love this what Tony's what, what Tony was saying again. Saying I th- I think Vieira and Freddie until the end of the season. I mean, to be perfectly honest, that'd be very exciting, and I would I would rather have matches every week to watch like that, um, the five all with Liverpool. You oh know? yeah, of course. I mean, I just, I just miss exciting football like that. And I, I, I after that game, I tweeted out saying that was amazing, and I was like eulog- eulogising about that match, and people were replying saying, "You really like that? We let him five goals. All these mistakes. All these defensive mistakes. Martinez was rubbish." Andrew- I'll tell
5: you what, I've that every week. Yeah, Andrew, as well, do you not remember a few years ago, no matter if we win, lose or draw, people would watch Arsenal to be entertained. We were the most entertaining Mm. team in the league for so many years. The way when we had Fabregas and I can't really, I don't want to say his name, but Nasri, the likes of that. When we had those teams, you'd watch Arsenal just to be entertained. You'd guarantee you watch an Arsenal game. Whether we win, lose or draw, you're always going to be entertained. And that's one thing you could guarantee with an Arsenal game. I I, I agree with you,
3: Nitram, as well, because... The amount of people that used to say to me, especially being in Manchester, oh, I love watching yeah. Arsenal. You're like my second team. I've yeah. not heard anyone say that yeah. to me for ten years. No,
2: no. And I everyone know. used to say that
3: to me. Everybody used to say that to me. Even United fans, when it was always us rivaling, they'd at least say, yeah. you're, a, you're a good side. You like
2: you're, you're a, a good, good team side. to watch." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had so much great rivalry with with Man United down the years, and um, there's a I think there's a strong, although we all give up this. What, it, 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 a lot of it is pretense let's, let's face it about hating each other because of the massive rivalry but I think uh, when you sort of are, oh, I don't know how old you are <laughs> Lafrican Guna you're a lot younger than probably yeah, yeah. Than the rest of us but <laughs> you don't know, when you have when a certain vintage shall we say uh, there's, <laughs> there, there, like there's a one. lot of there's a lot of mutual respect between Man United yeah. and Arsenal and that goes for the fans as well and I think that um yeah, what, what we, thats just gone missing. And what we'd love, and I mean, that's that's gone probably for maybe for good. But I um, think football football goes in cycles, doesn't it? And But, do you, the,
3: uh, but do you not think it's the digital age, Andrew? Because that was it years ago. You sort of had to have banter with rival fans because it was face to face. So if you went mugging them off the way people do online now, you'd have got your teeth pushed down your throat. Yeah. yeah true, Whereas now it's all very, it's all very faceless. So fans can say pretty much yeah. whatever they feel like to each other and get away with it.
2: Very true. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. very true. So, I, think, I think that's why.
3: Was- I think that's why you find a lot of the old schoolers a lot more respectful. But just because you know, it's yeah. not that you that you know more. It's just that you know a different time. Yeah. You know a time yeah. when you had to be a bit more respectful and very you know true. take people's opinions on board. Yeah.
5: Yeah, and I think what sums up the old um, Arsenal Man United rather was Wenger's last game at Old Trafford when obviously he shook Ferguson's hand and he handed in the presentation, etc. That just summed it all yeah. up. I mean, for years everyone thought they hated each other; they hated each other. But at the end of the day, it's just two top coaches at the prime of their career, and they just respect. It's just respect at the end of the day, and that's what it was. Yeah,
2: I I, I've li- I listen to this po- podcast, and I I can't remember which one it was again, but this one I definitely want everyone to listen to, and I'll put it in the. Description when I when I find it, it was about uh, it's basically football's greatest rivalries, and it was all about the you know United and Arsenal rivalries, which lasted well well over a decade, and it was absolutely brilliant because it was it was um, accounted by not um, players and managers that we you know you've heard that uh, an awful lot down the years, but it was all about the fans and their recollections of it. And it, I thought it was fantastic, brilliant show, and it brought back so many good memories. But and from the fans' perspective, made it all the more interesting. So I'll find out what that was, and I'll put that in the description. You should listen to that; it's, it was excellent. And it makes um, it just makes you remember why why you should always still yeah love this club, no matter what we're going through at the moment. Mm. It's still Arsenal. And we should all still be proud for, for supporting this club. And, and that's what I was on about, about uh, the respect between Arsenal and United. And it, it really comes out from the fans as well uh, on that podcast. So, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll find out uh, which one it was that I listened to. Um, let's go through some of these um, comments because we're going to have to start coming to an end fairly soon, I'm afraid. Even though I could go on for <laughs> absolutely ages <aging All> <laughs> with you guys. Yeah. Um, the problem is we're not going to be able to spend the money to compensate Emery and compensate Leicester for Rodgers. That's from Tony Turner again. and that, uh, I'll go back tell, to what I said.
3: Tell, tell Tony he's talking bollocks. Well, that's just, <laughs> I'll,
2: go, I'll go back to what I said. and I, If we're going to have to make signings, this is the most important one, rather than uh, players at the moment, in my opinion. It, yeah.
3: it's, it's like anything. Club's budget for this sort of thing. It's, it's not... It's not if you get rid of the manager that comes out of transfer budgets. You don't work like that. No, they're prepared for these sort of things because you know even even your most simple of fans can see that they're businessmen and they're a lot better businessmen than us lot because they're running a you know a billion pound football club. None of us are. They they know the they know the ramifications if if we don't get Champions League. They're gonna they're not gonna lose out 150 million for the sake of getting rid of Unai for four. They're not. Well, no, I yeah,
2: don't buy tra- that at all well, Put it this way, Rod: uh, To actually pay off Unai and his team And to buy out Rodgers and his team From their contracts I bet you it would all in one Would come to less than Mustafi Yeah
3: <laughs> but do, do you know, Well, I, I said it about Chelsea the other day When somebody was saying about Arsenal being a, a classy club And I said, yeah, but being classy Shouldn't come at the cost of success no. Uh, I don't true. like the way Chelsea do things. I mean, do any of no. you guys know how much they've spent on sacking managers? Oh, I'd, I'd love to know. Oh, my I, gosh, well, I'll man. tell you. I'll tell you if you want to know. It's a no, 100 no, no, million on. pounds. It's a 100 yeah, my million. My
2: gosh. I, I could well believe it. I, mean, I bet Watford, I bet Watford aren't far off. They have
4: gone recycle by winning Europa League, uh, the cup, Premier League. So, I mean, it's not like they spent it for no reason, right? But I just yes, see that's, your that's point.
3: The, the, the yeah. means justify the ends sometimes, you know. Mm. I don't, I don't like the way they operate, but they're successful, so you can't You can't disagree with it.
5: My yeah. thing is, right, my thing is, I keep hearing this, oh, they can't afford to sack Emery, they can't afford to sack Emery. They have to pay Emery that money anyway, so that money's gone. So it's not a case of paying the money to sack Emery, it's the case of finding the money to get this new manager and his team. Because Emery and his coaches, whether he lasts a year, six months, two days, they're going to have to pay him anyway, do you know what I mean? They they've, um, have they've reserves for that. They've already put that in place. So they're, they're willing to pay out his contract. So if you pay him his money now or you pay it at the end of his contract, you're still going to have to pay it.
3: Exactly. Yeah. It's as much as much as you don't like, and people don't like Krunker, I don't like him. But the guy's thrown £5 billion at the Rams to make them yeah. successful. Don't tell me he hasn't yeah. got £4 million to throw at a £1 billion yeah. at one of his assets. It's exactly. nonsense. It's, nonsense. it's nonsense. It makes no sense.
2: It's rubbish. Honestly, rubbish. I just think that we're the slowest club to act on anything. That's the problem. Yeah. And I've no absolutely no doubt. It'd be absolutely stupid to think we haven't been doing anything behind the scenes, right? But it's just a frustrating way that we take ages and ages and ages to do anything. It's like well, plan- <laughs> someone gave the example of the Arshavin transfer, and he was just, he was stuck in a hotel in Heathrow for a month. Yeah, enough. And, and it was the same with same with Kieran Tierney, and that, you know, that took weeks and weeks and weeks. And it was just the, the worst kept secret in the world that we were going to buy him, obviously. And uh, th- this is the problem we just move at a snail's pace. And I yeah. thought that, that getting this new structure in would improve that, and obviously, not unfortunately. Uh, so I, I it will get done, I just think I just cannot. I can't well, stand but, football anymore to be perfectly that, honest. That's
3: the problem with the board though is they're not proactive the reactionary re- and that just sets you up for a fall every I, time. I yeah. thought
2: I thought that that had changed though uh, because uh, everyone goes, uh, goes on and on and on as well about saying Arsenal aren't that kind of club Arsenal don't do this Arsenal don't do that but we're a new Arsenal from summer 2018. But
5: apparently, yeah.
2: And uh, you know it was supposed to have changed and uh, yeah, it's just, it's pretty compelling. And the
5: thing is, for me is, right, um, you know, going back to what we said earlier about it, if they sack Emery, it's going to destabilise the club because we've got three games every week. It's just a coach and his team, whereas before when it was Vengar, he had more, Everything. he had hands in every pie. <laughs> Yeah, but now you've just got Unai and what, say ten guys. The club's still going to go on. You've got exactly. a chairman. You've got a board of directors. Do you know what I mean? It's not like if you get rid of Emery, the whole club collapses. You get rid of Emery, you put Jungberg in charge until you find the man that you want.
3: Exactly. Well, look at look, look at when we got rid of Wenger. It seemed quite settled after a, a month when we got Unai in. Yeah. Everything yeah. seemed like a brand new club. It's just that he wasn't the right guy. But it, yeah. you know, the club sure. didn't fall apart, did it? This no,
5: exactly. So-
2: Something I'm keen to 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 say. Well, people also mention over and over again about how hard it must be for a manager to come in and be the one that is is out came in after Wenger, succeeding Wenger, because because Wenger had been there for 22 years. I, I just look at it in a common sense way and think, well, why? <laughs> why is it? So why is it different? Uh, because he's been there 22 years. Uh, for a new coach coming in he's going in there he's going to meet the people that work around the place he's going to go meet the players and start training the players what difference difference does it make in a common sense
3: world it's about setting yourself realistic goals a manager can't come in after Wenger and go straight away right what you're going to do I'm going to emulate the guy who was there for 22 years all you've (laughs) got to look at is go I just need to get this lot well drilled defending, stop leaking goals and get back in the Champions League. That's all they should be looking yeah, at. Exactly.
5: Yeah. So, uh, so if I anything, think... it should be easier because you've had that for 22 years and you're coming as a manager. It's an opportunity for you to put your stamp on the club and say, right, I'm going to change this, I'm going to change this. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to carry on the way everything has happened under Wenger. So you can come in now and be like, right, it's my turn to put my stamp on this club and maybe make a few changes.
2: I think well, yeah, so to, that's the, the, the one easy way of doing it. The one and easy I, I, to... I mean, Sorry, opportunity. sorry. Sorry. I, beg your I think it's an ideal opportunity for a manager. Mm. That's, well, that's I was just
3: going to say the same thing. Is It's not a hard act to follow you now, is it? No. We've got a free th- no, no, swing at no. the bat now. No. It's easy. Okay. And, and the easy? thing
5: is as well, we've identified the fans. We know all the problems. We know what we need to fix. So obviously, yeah. if you're a manager and you've been managing a team, it's going to be easier for them than it is for us. We know what the problems are. So this
4: new manager that's going to come in, his job's not going to be that hard. No. For me, it's just changing the culture of the club and changing the mentality of the players, really. Because I think something that we've seen with perhaps Jaka, Bellerin, and some other Wenger players is the f- fragile mentality of, you know, if a goal goes in or if things don't go our way, then we just kind of drop our tools. So in terms of that 22-year tenure, for me, that's the only thing that a new manager would have to deal with is just changing that, that mentality. But yeah, Emery's only been here, what, two seasons? No, exactly. Yeah. Oh, if you... Right, well, I'm going to
2: start very slowly, start um, wrapping up. I want to go round you all in uh, in order, just to get you quick fire. Top three ideal candidates in order. One, two, three. Uh, only excluding Pep and Klopp. Okay, so any managers in uh, any other managers in the world are fair game. But if you give us your top three choices and a quick reason why you want that person. And I'll go clockwise. So if I start with you, Lafrican Guna.
4: So for me, it would be first Allegri. Secondly, it would be Simeone. And third for me, it would be Nagelsmann. And uh, for me, it just comes down to the bottom line of having an experienced manager that will come in, uh, change the culture, have a formation, have some tactics, won't be a yes man to the board or to the players, will be able to choose his own captain, uh, and yeah, and just has experience at the highest level. That 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 is key for me. Cool. Okay,
2: fair play. You're obviously, you would have loved the George Graham years. Um, yeah. Year. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nitro and Guna, what's yours? Um,
5: I'd start with Allegri, then i will go for Brendan Rodgers and then Enrique. I just want a winner. I like the way Brendan Rodgers coaches, like what we said before. Um, I think Enrique's style of play and I think Allegri, just because I think we need someone that knows how to defend and set up a team defensively and then again has that experience. I mean, people say, oh, he's only in Juventus, but that's the only job he's had. Do you know what I mean? You can't say, I've managed in 10 countries if you only had one job. How are you going to get that experience? So yeah, so I'll go Allegri, Enrique, Rogers.
2: Fantastic.
4: Enrique's taken, by the way, so that might that
5: might No, I know, I know, but he said no, no pepper, no clock. But I yeah, would have taken it. fair game. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: it. <laughs> <best> fun. <game>, but... <laughs> okay.
4: Uh,
5: okay.
3: Yeah, uh, Nagelsmann would be my number one choice. Um, he's good defensively and attacking, and he's very good at, with youth players and playing in the system. So. He's the one standout stand out for me. Um, and then my next two would be Allegri and Simeone for pretty similar reasons, um, that they're very well-organised coaches uh, and, you know, make us solid at the back and then build from that. Um, you know, scoring goals hasn't, up until recently, been a massive problem for us. Uh, it's been leaking at the back. So for me, that's what we should be, looking at someone to address and then go on from there. So that'd be my three.
2: I'm just worried about Allegri because he can't speak English. And do you know what I think is a big problem? uh, Not a problem, but I think would be um, really important for us as a group of fans is to have someone that we can really, really relate to in a a a really good way. Yeah, and I I think it is. I think it is is an issue. Do you
3: need to relate to the manager for winning the Champions League? And the no, League you don't. That no. <laughs> no,
2: I, I, think I, I, I really do <laughs> like that having having that thing. It, like, it, it, no, it, I, this is it's completely stupid. I know. Sorry,
3: I, I don't think it. I don't think it's stupid, mate. I just, I, I just don't I think, just, think it's that high a priority. But I don't no, think it's stupid. Don't me. get me.
2: Don't get me. I think we've uh, Of course, it's not, not an issue if we start winning matches. And I, I would, yeah. but I, I just love the fact that if we had someone. That we could really, you know, grow to love in a, in a way, yeah. and I'm not expecting someone to be with the club for twenty odd years again. Ever, it's not going to happen again. I'm not, what I'm gonna not happen. stupid. It's it's going to be like a two, three, four year cycle. Uh, yeah. So we're not going to have the same kind of bond. But I, I just, I just like to have a manager that we would think oh, yeah, you're you're the fucking bollocks you are. I to really relate to the guy to actually understand and, and uh, get a good feeling of his pre and post match press conferences and you can have a I don't know I so for some reason I think that it's important that the guy can, can is relatable and we can understand what he, what he's saying and it's not just a load of gobbledygook or listening through a translator and it won't matter if we start winning cups and leagues and and Champions League you're completely right. And uh, and I know it's a stupid thing to uh, stupid reason, and uh, I'm not saying I'm against the Allegri. It's just that 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 sort of thing I think is very important to to me. Yeah, yeah. I,
3: I mean, he ha- he has been learning English for quite a while now.
2: Yeah, really. I, it's, he started um,
3: learning, didn't he, before before yeah, Henry he turned up? Um,
5: yeah,
3: he did. Yeah, maybe he that's was what speech, he's been doing he was during his sabbatical. Maybe that's yeah, all yeah. he's been doing. He's just learning English, yeah, yeah. A-level English. It's you don't hope hope know,
2: dear. Do it's, <laughs> so. it's um. Uh, what's the guy?
5: Oh, well, he needs to learn. Judy, Scouse, Cockney.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, Forget A-level exactly. English. You need to get the dialects. <laughs> well, I think that's.
3: I think that's another interesting thing, though, is in this country, there's a lot of regional dialects, which is yeah. makes it a lot trickier. You know, yeah. it's not the same in a lot of other countries. You know, you go to different areas, and it's so different. You know, where wow, I no. live, you can go five miles down the road and not understand somebody. You know, it's just.
2: Sorry, so say said again. So I didn't understand you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I. I All I right, mate. That... Calm down. Calm down, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love it when players like obviously we've got Fellaini when they've been here so long that they get the local accent. Like Yeah, Mulby at Liverpool. Do you remember like Yeah, Mulby? Mm, uh, another
3: Liverpool one, Deep uh, Deep Hammer. Yes, like
2: absolute class. That Scouse
3: German. He's genius.
5: <laughs> yeah, have you heard the um, what's the other guy Owen Hargreaves as well?
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, the best one is Ali Adier. Have you oh, heard this?
4: His English is Pranglish or Pringlish. It's yeah, really, it, I think it's
2: hilarious. I think it is, it's, it's really strange. It. Yeah, I, I can't... It's, it's, it cracks me up every time I hear him doing co-coms. <laughs> yeah. but, um, I, my first one, my first choice, I think my dream situation like I said to you, we'd be had to have someone on a 18 month contract to bring through Freddie. That would be perfect. I, my ideal one would be Benitez because I think he'd actually do something like that. And I think that's realistic. I don't think he'd even pack a suitcase if someone's, if, if we offered him a job uh, coming from China. I think he'd just be straight over it. And people have been talking about him as being the favourite for West Ham. I mean, he, he's too good for West Ham, in my opinion. Yeah, he is. I, I tell you what, they,
3: they could they could be quite a good proposition if he went if, there. I tell you what, they've got they, money. They've got money. They would, yeah, definitely.
2: One hundred percent. They'd be, they'd finish above us if they got him. And <laughs> I, that, I'm not even joking. It's well.
5: scary. And that's another thing, Jed. Sorry, just quickly. You look at Everton. You look at West Ham. You look at United. there's three clubs that, if they choose the right man and we don't, they could overtake us within the space of six months. Well, Listen, well, we, i think that
4: that potentially good manager as well right so, yeah. there, well, I think yeah. that's
3: an interesting point that you've just made there as well it's like Everton they've thrown a lot of money at it and they haven't got the right man and it's not working that's
2: why I never no. equate success to money no no, exactly never 100% and I, I I would you know I would like to go to Everton it's um, Eddie Howe no, yeah. I well, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, either him they or could, Eddie Howe can
5: have Emery if you want. <laughs> but oh you know, Eddie
3: Howe—he well, deserves a better job. He deserves.
5: I'd love one. to
2: see how he got on. Yeah,
3: he's
5: an Everton I fan have, as well, so he would take it if he was offered it. Uh, I, did, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know
2: that. Didn't know he was an Everton yeah, fan. Yeah, he's an
5: yeah, he's an Everton fan,
4: <clears throat> and he's an the manager too, right? So I'd, I'd actually, I, I wouldn't mind him at Arsenal to be honest. Um, well, they, a lot they, they, of people look down upon him, but I think with the squad he has and the funds he has. Uh, at Bournemouth, I mean, he's done quite a good job. Uh, he turned Ryan Fraser into a superstar last season. Um, so I wouldn't mind him having a go. I,
2: um, I, I've I got a big problem with, with, with Eddie Howe in the fact that, and I've said this a few times, but he, as soon as they reach the 40-point mark, they go off a cliff every mm-hmm. single season. And that's a mental yeah. issue, that is. And that, uh, why can't yeah. he get the team to stop that? Why can't he get them at the same level for the whole season. They're going to have lots think, of pounds, do like any team. That's they go off. Off. Well, that's his job to stop that, isn't it? That's what I'm getting it it, It's tricky,
3: it's tricky if, you know, a group of people well, just it, mentally switch off. It's not easy to get them back on. I mean, look at our mess at the minute. That's what's happening for me. It's going to, that's yeah, why Emery has had to have gone for me because I, I can't see how he's going to get the players back round. No, you mind. can't. And,
2: yeah, uh, but how can't long has a he been I at Bournemouth now? How long has he been at Bournemouth? It's... No, no no no. it's way longer, longer, longer than
3: that. Longer than that. Yeah. Five, five or six, six years,
2: years. Five or six yeah. years they've been in the prem I think, haven't they?
5: He left and, and came then... back didn't he? he went to Burnley and went back yeah. to moth. Well, so yeah, it's been
2: a long It's been a long long time and he's, uh, he's not changed it in all of those seasons. they're not the same players that he's had all the way through. So that that worries me because they play lovely football and like I said they they they're always around sort of 5th, 6th, 7th... And every single season they have the same conversation. Oh, could they possibly end up in the Europa League position? And they they just fucking... They plummet after Christmas and they've got relegation. Look look at their
4: players. Uh, Look at their players. They don't have quality, right? So eventually they get found out and Sink. Just like Arsenal, it's the same thing. Why we'd always uh, challenge and then just dink at the end is because we didn't have the mentality, because we didn't have the quality of world-class players. I mean, what world-class players do we have in our squad right now? Apart from perhaps Aubameyang, is that nothing?
3: I, w- I, w- I wouldn't say we've got any world-class players at the moment. No,
4: we, we, we don't
2: need any world-class players to play a good, good game of football. We've, we've already gone through yeah. that about Sheffield United. Yeah, Sheffield no, United no. haven't got world-class players, but they're fifth. Yeah, and and it's and coaching mentality
5: for me. It's Coaching yeah. and mentality.
2: And another guy I'd love to get a bigger job is Sean Dyche because he look at the work he, he's done. That I'm not saying we I want Sean Dyche at Arsenal. I'd love to see him somewhere else though. Yeah, you uh,
3: know? I think I think we all just heard Andrew say he wants Sean Dyche as manager, didn't we? I, yeah, I,
2: I yeah. rate <laughs> <well, yeah. laughs> the guy. I, I do. I rate the guy. Uh, uh, look at the job he's done. He, he got the. He, on that season, they got relegated. They got straight back up again as well.
5: And you're gonna be, you're gonna be trending now, Andrew Sean I <laughs> I, <laughs> I Let's
3: would get it trending, to... people. Andrew yeah,
2: <laughs> "Do you know what? I'd, I'd love him to go to West. See what you see what he could do at West Ham, for example. You know, they took on Sam Allardyce, didn't they? If yeah. I would love to see what he could do at West Ham, because i I, wonder, I, I would like to know whether yeah. he plays the style of football that he does." to keep Burnley in the Premier League and get the most out of his players. Because he gets a tune out of them um, and works to their strengths. And I'm wondering, if he got the, the the squad at West Ham, for example, what would he do with them? What, what style of football would he play to work to their strengths? Because we, they've got we, some quality players, haven't they?
3: Well, you've seen a good example of it this season with Norwich. They started the season trying to play how they played all the time, which is just attacking mm. football. And look how it worked out yeah. for them very badly. Yeah. They, they yeah. had a bit, of run, a bit of a honeymoon and then it was just bang, crash, wallop. Where yeah. You can't play yeah. like that against the good teams because they will beat you 6-0 every week. Yeah.
5: That was it with Norwich. They came up and they, everyone worked them out within the first month. It was like, okay, this is how you're going to play. We know how to get you guys.
2: Well, I, I I really respect that manager though because he's he's done a great job and I really respect the fact that he's sticking to his principles and if they go down they're going to stick with him as well and I, I really like that and I'll tell you what they're they're um I've lost the, his name the guy that does their recruitment at Norwich I mean oh, that, he's another oh. guy we could we should put we should go after I tell you what, they, they've got a, a very good scouting system and the and the scout at um, the head scout at Watford as well. They do some very, very good stuff. They've, they've picked up this 17-year-old kid from um, Brazil as well. that's uh, in a similar sort of mould to Martinelli, by all accounts. But, but like you
3: say, I think that, I think that's a really interesting point, Andrew. Is that you know how how many managers have a style based on the team and not based on their own ideas? You know, Erfan right. said it before. Um, I can't think he said it about Newcastle or whoever it was. You know that they have to play a certain way just to survive. Yeah. Uh, no. you know, you, you, well, you said it about Benitez, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Benitez, yeah. yeah,
2: and that's what, that's what I'm wondering about about Sean Dyke. I think it's just because they are very, very good quality coaches, and they can work out the strengths of their players, and they play to those strengths. And that's what we don't do. And I'll tell you what. There's um, it was after the England game recently, and um, Chris Waddle um said something. It went on for about five minutes, and it was really, really. Perfect as a description for Arsenal as well because they were talking about whether to, you know, the the upcoming Euros and um, Declan Rice, etc., who to play the holding midfield role. And he just, at the end, he just got, he he had enough of all this talk and he said, Look, just just stop talking about holding midfield. If you haven't got them, don't use them. Don't try and find them. He said, Play to your strengths, and he said, um, yeah. We don't need a holding midfield role to sit in front of the, the back four if we're not good in that area. He said, We never have been so. We've got amazing quality players in the, in the midfield, creative players, and Dolphy and up front that's where our strength is. So, play to those yeah. strengths. Exactly. It's,
3: tr- it's true, though, isn't it? It's no good being trying to be a carpenter if you've got a Hoover and a Duster, become a exactly. cleaner.
2: Well, this yeah, is the way, exactly. and, and I thought it, it just explained it perfectly. The way I feel about Arsenal as well, and I, so, I, I was so pissed off after the Liverpool game earlier this season, and the fact that we, of course, we're not going to be able to withstand Liverpool just sitting back and sitting back and having the central defenders sitting on Leno's knee in the because yeah, exactly. we we're sitting so deep. You know, we we should have just gone toe to toe with them, and I, I t- yeah. yes, yes, we probably would have lost. But you never know, do you? If hey, you and you, the Andrew, thing is, we we we, we might have pumped for an
3: hour and a half though.
2: Exactly, exactly my point. Exactly my do you point. Not,
3: do you
5: not remember when we beat Chelsea at home and we wiped the floor? I mean, we did it to United as well. We wiped the floor of them within 20 minutes just because we started on the front foot. We used our strength, we attacked them and the game was over within the first half an well, hour.
2: That's the best form of defence and the, the old cliche. Mm. But you know what? If we'd have gone there and actually hit them as by surprise... Two goals because they wouldn't have been expecting it. They wouldn't, they they don't expect teams to go and actually go toe to toe with them. So, if we'd have hit them with a couple of quick five goals, then their heads drop and they start panicking. And that's the best way of defending by putting their mentality down to the floor and their confidence. I'm not saying it would have happened,
3: but you don't know, dear. We we could trust,
2: we could trust
3: to when Liverpool played Norwich at the start of the season. Norwich just went toe-to-toe with them and they missed a couple mm. of chances. Pukki was through and he missed. And then okay. Liverpool scored their chance and then they battered them. But up till oh, that point, head. they had him on the ropes wobbling big time. By the way, it's that's going
4: when Pepe hit the post um, this weekend. I mean, if that goes in, right, I think the game has changed. That's, yeah. I think
5: that's confidence, though. I really think that was down to confidence.
4: Uh,
2: yeah, totally. I, 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 we, we can't judge any of our squad at the moment. I don't, mm. I don't blame any of the players at the moment. Yes, they could be doing better, but I think they are doing as best as they possibly can. I dread to think where we would be if they weren't trying, like against uh, Villa and uh, Spurs. that Tottenham,
5: Spurs. Yeah. That,
2: that was the, those two recoveries were down to the players. They weren't. That wasn't down to the manager, I'm telling you now. Yeah, but Andrew, yeah. they
4: haven't been playing like that in every game. They only play like that when they're in trouble. We should be playing like that from the start so we don't have to do that. Right, uh, that's exactly. the...
2: Exactly, but I don't think they. This is the problem. I don't think they can, because they <laughs> don't know where they don't know what they're doing from one week to the next. Yeah, and no it's like it. it's like you said, si. If I'm sure I'm I, because footballers when they are in the academy, they do a certain level of education because the, the club do it. They, they actually have to get them through their qualifications, don't they? But they they don't go on to higher education. So and they do what they have to, and then they go and carry on their career as a footballer. They're not the most intelligent people in the entire world. I'm sorry, but there's no way that they can understand and have everything in their heads (laughs) to have the intelligence sometimes to to cope with all of these different types of uh, um, information that the the manager's giving them. And I'm sure they go onto the pitch and they forget what information they're playing from one week to the next uh, during the match. And you know what also he does that's really, really bad? It's when he's on the side of the pitch. He's constantly micromanaging them every single yeah. second. And that must do I mean, their, that, that
3: their head That was funny the other week with Turner when he just went, shut up, fuck off, leave me alone. Yeah, just exactly let me play my right. game, stop piping up at me because I'm yeah. on that sideline. Leave it, me you know, alone.
2: He said it all, didn't it? It? Happened, it
5: happened against Southampton. I think Lacazette was taking a throw oh, um, yeah. in the second half and he just completely like... Emery was shouting him. He just he told him to pass it backwards. And then that Lacazette was telling, I think it was Tierney, to go down the line. And he just completely ignored the manager. and was yeah. like, well, what are you talking about? I know what I'm
2: doing. Exactly. That's right. That, that just says it all. And he must do their absolute heads in. Mm. He's just going on and on and on and on at them all the time. And it's done, this, is the, this is why I don't think we can actually say that Pepe is is underperforming. Ceballos, is just his form fell off a cliff. No one can tell me that he's uh, not a quality player. I mean, look what exactly. he did in the summer. Uh, we know, I know what kind of player we bought, uh, and, and he just he just dropped off a cliff because within um I think it was six or seven games at the time he'd already played in four different positions. Uh, it's just an absolute joke. This is why I genuinely don't blame the players at the moment uh, for, for what we're going through because. If they are pissed off, which they clearly are, I don't blame them to be perfectly honest. No. So,
3: uh, well, I, 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 I said it the other day, Andrew, is that you know, look at the fans. We're all going. We don't want to turn up anymore. So that's mm. where I have sympathy for the players because I think that's the only way they can show they've had enough is that to just stop playing for him. I don't like it, but I don't
2: like what it. What else?
3: What else can they do as players? Really? Yeah, I know. That's true,
2: but we need longer. We need longer. Um, a, a sample size to actually quantify the quality of this squad, because I I still think it's a strong squad. I really, really do. But I think we need a new manager and a settled style of play, a settled formation. Sometimes you do have to be picked on your your performance, obviously. But sometimes you have to, especially in defence, you have to know that your position is going to be safe for five or six games. Because yeah. you, you need to have that settled um, back four more than anything, I think, or you know, whichever uh, formation you're going to play in to actually build up that relationship with those players around you. Yeah, I well, think U- Unai
3: it? could sort of save himself a little bit at the minute if he just went, right, I'm going to play 4 free free every week. This is going to be the starting lineup, And if any yeah. of them let me down, I'll chuck one of you guys in. Everybody keeps showing it on the training pitch. It, I think he could this save what, himself, but he, he won't because yeah. he's too stubborn.
5: Yeah, and the thing is, this is what big teams do. You have your set formation, and if you've got an injury, you'll swap it. If someone's got bad form, no one keeps changing their formations at the beginning of every game. I think it's the last seven games he's had seven different formations. It's ridiculous.
2: I know. Anyway, listen, guys. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to go. Yeah, I've got. Um, I'm going on. Yeah. don't know if any of you have heard the Ars Cast. Uh, sorry, the Ask Brothers Rank Cast the uh, Aussie guys it's its its actually really really good podcast I'm going is, on that is, for, the, uh, for uh, 9 it, o'clock is that a new okay. one Andrew I've never it's, heard of that um, it, I only recently discovered it and I uh, I can't stop listening to it now I'm listening to the back catalogue I don't know exactly how long it's been going on for but there's quite a few uh, uh, episodes you can listen to and it's absolutely brilliant um, there's uh, two Aussie guys who are brothers uh, there's an American guy and there's a, a guy from London called Manny. I don't know if you've ever heard of Manny. He's been on the. Have you heard of Manny, Andrew? I'm fr- fucking from Manny, mate. <laughs> 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 ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 0161. Anyway, I'm going to go hey,
3: on that. Nitram, that's where I'm from, mate. That's my That's oh, my area code. 0161. Uh,
2: you don't, you don't say. You don't Put
3: say. Manny, <laughs> putting Manny on the map, mate. Manny, on a- <laughs> Manny good on
2: you. Manny is, he, and he—I'll tell you what—he's a, he's, a very. I don't think he meant, he's meant to be, but he's a very, very funny guy. But um, he's got very, some very good, strong opinions. But he, he makes me laugh an awful lot. Um, but oh, yeah, they, like that, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely give it a listen. But I'm going to be recording with them at. Um, well, they said sometime between half eight and nine, so I best get a move on. But I'll tell you what—I'd love to have all of you guys back on the show. It's been—I've really, really yeah. enjoyed that. It's gone completely off it's gone completely off-piste. We didn't do what we set out to do, but I think it's... Well, I, think, I, I feel a lot better. I feel like I've got a bit of a weight off my shoulders because there's a lot of the stuff <laughs> to talk about today. Um, I genuinely hope we hear something in the next day or two. But I, I... Yeah, definitely. Clearly not going to be before tomorrow. No, you have
3: to
2: set up a post.
5: Um, Andrew, you have to do a post-second podcast.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. <No>. Definitely. <laughs> I'll, I'll, well, one hundred percent. I'll be doing that. Definitely. Yeah. But thank you all. I, that, um, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Sorry, you want to say something else, sorry
3: I, ju- I was just going to say, I, f- I think he's gone if he loses either of the next two games. I don't see him surviving. Oh, he, even, I, I, even though tomorrow's a bit of a nothing game result-wise. I think if we don't turn up tomorrow, he'll be gone. I don't see him making it till weekend, I don't.
5: I just hope uh, they don't win the next two, not in a bad way, obviously, Ozil asked him to win, but I just don't hope the board uses it as an excuse if he does win the next two games and go, oh, see, he's turned it around, because he needs to go. Whether, whatever the results are the next two games, he has to be gone.
2: I know. Yeah. Well, I, I think he's 100% gone, it's just a matter of when. And I, I just yeah, hope he don't go on too much longer because I can't watch this football anymore. And every yeah. point is important. Every point is important as we found out last season and just very, very quickly before we go Melvin Marks um, he said shouldn't the players take responsibility 100% Melvin but I think they have been and that's what I said earlier I genuinely think they have been I don't think we would have won against Villa and I don't think we would have drawn against Spurs if they hadn't taken responsibility and I I don't think they could be playing much better than they are at the moment under this guy anyway Uh, just finish with that but thank you very much indeed for all of you again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, please give us a like. Um, likes are really, really important to get the video noticed and uh, so hopefully we can get some more viewers in the future. So please do that. Please share it with your friends as well and uh, there'll be an audio version of this pod, uh, this show coming out shortly after. But thanks for that, guys and I really appreciate all you got uh, panel and I hope you're we'll consider coming back on the show again very soon. Definitely. Pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Take care, gents. Can Not you well. also, can you also just very quickly tell everyone how they can follow you or watch your, your content. themselves yeah. As well.
4: So, hi, say Yeah. Go ahead. say. Si.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, this is me at Call man. There you go on Twitter. Um, and I do have a YouTube channel called Gonna talk, um, or one word Gonna talk. Um, just basically a fat-headed man talking a bit of nonsense about Arsenal, so I really give it enjoy a follow it. if you fancy. <laughs>
2: definitely give definitely give that a subscription. So I, I well, really I'll, I'll be it. getting you
3: on mine soon, and the same applies to you guys. You know, If you ever want to come yeah, online, definitely. you're more than welcome.
2: Yeah, anytime, uh, bro, so uh, Just
3: one to... more thing. Nitrum, I've just seen that you've followed me, mate, so I'll follow you back in a minute. Apologies.
5: No worries, mate, of course. Nitrum, how do they follow you? Yeah, Nitram Guna it's Nitram. It's actually my first Nitram, name backwards. Well but i have uh, no problem. Um, yeah, it's my first name backwards. So I'll leave you to figure out what my actual name is. Um, it's Nitram Guna. I'm on YouTube and on Twitter. Fantastic.
2: Excellent. And, and your um, YouTube videos are really entertaining as well. Very good. Oh, thank you. So yeah, definitely give that a tab that. as well. <laughs> and African Guna. We're
4: for me it's uh, at Gunner on Twitter and uh, I just recently started a YouTube channel uh, last week and so I'm putting out a bunch of Arsenal awesome content as well uh, I was also the first guest on size channel so make sure you check out that video if you have some time I thought that was a pretty good one as well definitely was I thought, to- I,
3: I thought I was brilliant to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I laughs>
2: no it was a good show I, I enjoyed it definitely so thank you all and uh, I'll catch you on the next one very soon. Take care all. Thank you guys. Take care
5: guys. Bye
1: bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Have you liked it yet? No? Why not? What's going on? You should be ashamed of yourselves. Your grandparents right about now are thinking uh, wrong ends. Absolute wrong ends. This is wrong and you know it. Start liking, start subscribing, get on with it. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We really need your help to spread the word about from Dar Square to where. So if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dial Square to Wear YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye!